Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Sage Aging Podcast. We have a great episode for you today, and whether you're joining us on uh, your favorite podcast app or on YouTube or through our website, we are so glad you're here, and I hope you have a pen and a piece of paper ready. And if you don't, that's okay. They'll all be capsulized in a blog post after this as well. But there's a lot of great information coming your way. And so I want you to be prepared for that. Today, our topic is Medicare. And most of you know that Medicare open enrollment is upon us. And if you didn't know that and you are of that age where you are partaking in Medicare, then this is an episode you definitely need to listen to. I have the pleasure of having with me today Karen Dean. Karen is a licensed agent with DFG and Associates, LLC. And basically what they do is they provide guidance and assistance with choosing the best Medicare option for you. And she is very well versed in the topic of Medicare. And I'm so excited to have her here because, I don't know, I, I kind of view Medicare as, as like an alphabet soup. There's all these different letters and all of these different things that different plans cover and how do I know what's right for me and is what's right for me the same thing that's right for my neighbor and they're talking about this plan that they love and someone on TV said I can get free groceries. So we're going to kind of get through all of that, explain all of those things to you and help you get to the path that will lead you to the right plan for you. We're also going to lead you to some areas where you can find some assistance if you need that as well. So um, buckle up. Here we go. Karen, thank you so much for joining me today. I can't tell you how much I appreciate the fact that the day before open enrollment begins, you're here. <laughs> so thank you. <laughs> well, I appreciate you giving me the opportunity, Liz, to to speak to an, an, an audience in the masses because Medicare is difficult to understand and it's important to uh, be educated. Uh, whether you're at Medicare age or not, it's nice to get a foundation of knowledge, uh, whether you're currently using it or going to be using it anytime soon. Absolutely, because knowledge is key. And I always say, know it before you need it. So before you get to the point where you have to make a choice now, it's a really good idea to research your options and stay up to date. And, you know, there are always changes too happening. So it's good to keep up with all of those things. Absolutely. And before we get started, you know, I wanted to mention a change um, recently, just a couple of days ago, the... 2023 cost of living adjustment number was released um, and it was really good. <laughs> I want to say it was 8.3% mm. for Social Security. So if you are a beneficiary, someone who is receiving Social Security, the average person is going to see an extra $146 monthly in their Social Security check. That and is that, huge. Yes, it's huge. And that is what... Um, the Inflation Reduction Act has done in part. Obviously, that is a very, very big piece of legislation. But one of the things it did was create the largest cost of living increase we've seen since, I believe, 1981. Um, wow. Yeah, it, it's a big deal. That's a big deal for people. And also, um, there are components of that that also reduce costs of things like insulin and certain right. medications that people are very reliant on because one in three people who are on Medicare 
also are diabetic. So some really important things that have happened and I hope everybody's paying attention and this is not what this episode is about, but it kind of ties in. And so I thought it would be a good idea to mention that. Um, but before we get started into our main topic, Karen, tell us a little bit about you. Well, um, I've been in Lakeland since the early 90s. I've uh, been in Florida since 1981. Um, grew up in Kentucky mostly. Um, but I've worked in the healthcare profession in different aspects uh, most of my life. Uh, started in high school working in doctor in in a clinic, medical clinic. So I've done a lot of billing, office work, um, a lot of aspects of the medical side. And then I'm also a licensed physical therapist assistant. Um, so I've worked in, in that area also. And um, I just really love the medical field. I've always had a passion too to help um, the older population. And as I get closer to that, <laughs> I, I, it keeps getting <laughs> higher and higher. You know how that I goes. know, I can relate to that. <laughs> But my husband and I actually own our, our agency, and, and he's been doing this much longer than me. And when, he's, when he suggested to me to get licensed, he said, I think you'll be really good at this. I was very reluctant because I only saw it as a, being a salesman. Hmm. Um, but in reality, everyone at one point is going to be eligible and go on Medicare. So I had to change my perspective of it as in I'm helping people um, offset a financial risk because original Medicare only pays 80%. So we have a 20% risk. So I had to look at it. I had to change my mindset as in I'm helping people to protect their assets, which is extremely important when you're on a fixed income. It sure is. And I think that your big heart is one of the things that makes you so different. And probably well, one you. of the, oh, you're welcome. But one of the, the scariest things for people when they are approaching Medicare is that it's really confusing and there are a lot of people who want to tell you a lot of things and nobody knows who's telling them the right thing. So you have this company over here telling you one thing and that you really need XYZ plan and you have somebody else telling you, but no, you really need the extra funds for your groceries or you really need, um, you know, whatever the, the carrot is that they're dangling. And it's hard for people to really, um, dig in and figure out for themselves what the right plan is for them. And so people like you are a godsend because thank you. I have no problem sending someone your way and, and knowing that you will treat them with respect and dignity and that they'll walk away with truly what's best for them. I, I, that is what I do for my clients and I very much take that to heart. Well, thank you for all that you do. Thank you. Okay. So let's get into it. We're going to start at the very base of this conversation, just in case there are people who are watching or listening that don't understand the difference between Medicare, Medicaid, let's start with a definition. What is Medicare? Okay. Medicare is a federal health insurance program for um, people 65 or older, but also anyone that has been on disability for 24 straight months is eligible for Medicare. And then also there are um, chronic diseases such as renal, end-stage renal disease and ALS that qualify people for Medicare prior to 65. Um, Medicaid is a state program, and those have criteria of financial 
um, the assets and liabilities that uh, the state looks at. So if we were to put it in layman's terms, you have Medicaid, which is, like you said, the state-run program, and instead of shopping for a different type of insurance plan, when you reach that age, then Medicare is the plan that you are basically shopping for. Yes. Yes. Okay, good. That's very helpful. Okay, now the biggest question, and this will probably take quite a long time to get through... (laughs) Um, the alphabet soup, you know, A, B, D, supplemental, Medigap, what do all of those things mean? And I know that's a very broad question. So I'm going to lean on your expertise to kind of walk us through from the beginning okay. what, it, what the types of Medicare plans are. Well, let, let's just start at what are the what is original Medicare? So original Medicare consists of two different pieces. Um, Part A is your medical side, uh, which uh, over the lifetime of working, either you or your spouse, most people have paid in enough quarters where it's prepaid up front. So when you uh, enroll in Medicare Part A, uh, you may receive that at no cost, which most people do. Part B um, pays for outpatient services, and Part B comes with a monthly premium. Um, so A and B together are called original Medicare. They pay 80% of uh, Medicare approved services. So you have a 20% coinsurance, which is an unknown amount, which is a risk. Mm -hmm. And it could be catastrophic if you had a year where you might have to be transported by a helicopter or you might be in the hospital for a long length of time or go into skilled nursing. So um, as an agent, what I do is I sit down with a client, educate them on what Medicare is and what that risk presents for them. And then we look at the options of how to offset that risk. So there's two different options. Uh, the first option is you utilize your original Medicare um, as it is, and you add a supplement behind it or a Medigap plan. They're, they are just interchangeable. So those plans are standardized. Uh, they are different letters as far as the benefits, and but those come with a monthly premium. And then you would also need to put a, a prescription drug plan in place, and that would have a monthly premium. So that route can cost you a little more money, um, but those uh, Medicare supplements are not Medicare, uh, I'm sorry, are not network-based, um, and the most comprehensive plan will basically pick up everything after Medicare pays. Uh, the most comprehensive plan now is Plan G, and it picks up everything except for the Part B deductible every year. So the other option um, is called a Medicare Advantage Plan, or Part C. So you still have original Medicare benefits. They are required to at least, at a minimum, give you original Medicare benefits, but then they can add extra things on top of that. Those extra things could be um, an allowance for glasses or reimbursement for glasses, hearing aids, uh, dental services, fitness, over-the-counter, those things are not Medicare benefits. Those are being provided by the private insurance companies that sponsor those Medicare Advantage plans. Those are all of the carrots that they're dangling in front of people. And those are what you're seeing yes. on the commercials that right. are saying, you know, call our 1-800 number now 
so that you can take advantage of free fitness classes or whatever it is. So, so what you have to remember is a Medicare Advantage plan, they're, they're network-based. Now, there's different types of Advantage plans. There's PPOs that give you flexibility to go in or out of network. You don't have to have referrals from your primary care. Um, there's HMOs, and HMOs um, are going to have lower co-pays and uh, they may have plans that give you money back to offset part of that Part B premium, um, but they, you would have to have referrals from your primary care to um, have services provided. Um, but there's also other types of plans. There's special need plans uh, for different chronic conditions. Um, there's also plans that accommodate um, those people that qualify for Medicare and Medicaid, and those are called dual special need plans. So there's a whole gamut of plans available under the Medicare Advantage topic uh, that that people can look at and it is very overwhelming and very confusing um, because you have to remember that they're network based. Right. Right. And by network based you mean those are private companies that are sponsoring the plans. Yes. Yes. Right. Ooh, that's I mean that's a mouthful right there. All that you just said. That's a lot to take in. And so who um, well, before I ask that question, let me ask you this. You mentioned before about what Parts A and B, original Medicare, cover. Right. Do you have to, are you required to sign up for Part B, or can you just take Part A? If you, you can take out just Part A, but you, don't have, you would only have coverage for what Part A encompasses, which mm -hmm. would be... Um, your hospital, a hospital room and board, skilled nursing, and hospice. You would have no coverage for outpatient services. Um, what's recommended is once you are eligible for Medicare, unless you have a creditable medical and prescription drug coverage in place, like through an employer, mm -hmm. um, a lot of people are, you know, they work past 65 and they're on employer group plans. That's most often those are all considered uh, employer, you know, credible drug coverage and creditable uh, medical coverage, at that point you would not be required to take out your Medicare A and B. You could wait until you um, decide to retire or and come off that plan. Because if you don't have that other coverage in place, then you can be charged a late enrollment penalty on the Part B section. And also if you don't have a drug plan in place, you can also receive a penalty on that. That's exactly what I was getting at, because mm -hmm. some people do have employer plans, but in essence, in the absence of another plan, you do have to be enrolled in both of those parts. You would want to be, yes. Right. Because in, at any point later down the road, you decide to join late, then you're going to incur the penalty for that time period that you did not start it. Right. Okay, so now we've we've defined the fact that there are a whole lot of different plans and you've got the basics of those and certainly you will probably need assistance in choosing what's right for you. But when is the time people should consider enrollment? Well, you know, there's a, there's a lot of different types of enrollment. You do have to have an enrollment period to get your Medicare started. When you first turn 65 or you're first eligible, um, those, that's called your initial enrollment period. That period, um, you can actually sign up three months before your birth month, and then you have th that birth month period and three months after. So really a total of a seven-month 
time period to initially enroll. Okay, and so once you enroll in that initial period, does it take effect your birth month or does it yes. take effect? Okay. It takes your birth month. Now, obviously, if you waited till three months afterwards, it's going to start three months right later, away. but you would not incur a penalty if you are within that time frame. Okay, very good. So that's one type of enrollment. Another type of enrollment is um, in the case of a move or change or loss of employment. Tell, tell us a little bit about that. Right. Those are called special um, enrollment periods, and they can occur any time throughout the year. Um, so if you, if you move, uh, you would be required to, uh, you know, if you move outside the service area of the plan you're on, for example, you would have to look at changing either your prescription drug plan or your Medicare Advantage plan. Um, when someone has st stayed on an employer group plan and decides to enroll later, um, that's considered loss of an employer group plan. That's a special enrollment period. There's many others. Um, a couple of other common ones would be maybe your financial status changes, and you may qualify for some assistance from the state. That mm -hmm. gives you a special enrollment period. And then there's other enrollment, special enrollment periods for um, five-star Medicare Advantage plans or chronic plans. Those things can happen all year long. Okay, great. Well, that's something that is curious. Tell me about that, chronic plans and five-star plans. What are those? So Medicare, the Center for Medicare and Medicaid, CMS, uh, star rates, they give a star rating based on feedback and questions they ask current members um, from the standalone prescription drug plans and also the Medicare Advantage plans. Um, they rank from a one-star to a five-star being the best. The five-star rating gives um, that plan the ability for anyone to sign up on it one time you know, you can't change from one five-star to another, um, but you can use that enrollment period one time during the year. Uh, the other plans, the chronic plans that we discussed, they are based on chronic conditions such as congestive heart failure or um, diabetes. There are several different, a lot of companies have uh, those plans, and if you're diagnosed or, um, or have those chronic plans, they tend to accommodate more in their um, formularies and they're, they're, you know, they'll accommodate that particular type of a disease, but though you are able to sign up on a chronic plan, um, once during the year. Okay. And then the doctor has to verify on all that. Right. Okay. So let's talk about the open enrollment period. So this would be not only a time to sign up if that's the right window for you as far as um, turning 65, but this is a time that anyone can make a change to the plan that they have, right? Yes. Um, so from October the 15th, so starting tomorrow till December 7th, it's um, annual enrollment, um, open enrollment. It gets called open enrollment more often. We call it annual enrollment. Um, but anyone, whether you're on a Medicare supplement and a drug plan or if you are on a Medicare Advantage plan, anyone during this time can make a change and it will begin on January 1st. Okay. And how often do you recommend people review the plan that they're on? Is that something you should do annually? I mean, you know, I have, I ha do have a lot of clients that do like to review things annually, but, but typically unless something is changing, like maybe you want different providers or 
your medications have have kind of changed over the course of the year and the costs have gone up, you might want to do a little plan comparison because um, the formularies can differ from company to company and, you know, the costs can differ. I hear this often. Um, a lot of times when people are talking about which plan to choose, they say, well, I'm diabetic and I take insulin or I have XYZ condition and they take a specific medication and that they should be shopping for a plan specifically for their medications. Can you speak to that? Well, and that's one thing as an agent, you know, there's two things that we look at when when uh, people are specifically looking at Medicare Advantage plans or even with a standalone drug plan. We want to make sure that the medications that that client is taking are in that formulary. Um, there are ways if someone is currently on a plan and they get put on a medication that is not in the formulary that the doctor can ask for an exception. But we wouldn't want to start a client out with a new plan knowing that that medication is not in their formulary. Right. How many different formularies are there? Okay. I mean, <laughs> I know that's a loaded question. I know, but I wanted the response because it's that many. <laughs> I, I really don't know, but I can tell you that you know, the formularies all have to be approved by Medicare. Um, they all have to have at least two drugs in every classification. So it's not like you would be without a medication that would fit your needs. Um, but but the formularies can differ, not just company to company, but sometimes within the different types of planning companies, they they are different. So it's it's a kind of an intricate process. So we mentioned it before, but what if someone moves um, from one state to another or even mm -hmm. one city to another? Um, what if they retire? What, how do they go about making the change and how long do they have to do it? Good question. So, and this is something that a lot of people don't think about when they are looking to move. Um, so when someone relocates outside of the service area of where their plan is, or even just moves in general, they need to contact Social Security, and, and that's the beginning basis of getting that address changed. Um, once that is done, they have a 60-day window to make a change um, with their plan, because prescription drug plans and Medicare Advantage plans are tied to the zip code and area where you live. So once you're outside of that service area, it's going to need to be changed. And what happens if they don't or if they do it late? If, if they don't take advantage of that, that's a special enrollment period, then they would have to wait until annual enrollment and, okay. and, and make a choice at that time. Right. But there, are no, there would be no fees associated. They would just be stuck with a plan that might not suit their needs in their new location. No, if they're in a plan that is not in their service area and they don't take advantage of that enrollment period to change, um, they will not have drug coverage oh, or they would not have a Medicare Advantage plan. Right. Okay. So they would still maintain their parts A and B. Yes. They just wouldn't have all of the other things that, that take care of so much of right. the cost. Absolutely. Okay. Oh, so much to think about. <laughs> In all of those scenarios, have I missed anything that you think, wow, this is another thing that um, people come to me for assistance and I think I wish I had met them three months earlier because this change happened and they didn't do anything about it. What would that kind of scenario look like? I think the thing about moving that's, you know, you know, when you're thinking about moving, you're not really thinking about every aspect, but every you know there's so many 
when you go from county to county, even in Florida, especially if you go out of state, the um, plans available to you, um, the networks, uh, you know, they're all different and yeah. costs are different. Co-pays are different. So people don't think about how, what they are utilizing, where they're moving from, how different that's going to be. And it's, I think it surprises people sometimes. I think so too. And I think the other part of the confusion is all, again, all of the commercials that you see in the newspaper ads, how do people sift through those? How can you tell whether or not a company is reputable? I, I really wouldn't say that the companies themselves, the insurance companies, aren't reputable. Mm-hmm. Um, because you have to remember a lot of these telemarketing companies, especially the television ads, um, they're, you know, they're companies that are owned by uh, big corporations. Um, but as a licensed agent, we have a individual responsibility to do things compliantly. Um, Medicare uh, has a guide, had guys, has guidelines for marketing and we have to adhere to those. So a lot of that responsibility in my mind is, is mine. Um, and you know, it's not just the television ads, it's, uh, people coming and knocking on your door or, um, people calling you unsolicited. Those things are, are prohibited. Right. And so, uh, why would you even want to entertain the thought of engaging someone to be your agent that's already demonstrating that kind of behavior? Sure. That makes an awful lot of sense. And and what I tell people, I I do a lot of talks in um, some of the senior centers around the county. And what I tell people, they have to remember, you don't get all caught up in the shiny packages and the, you know, and everything just looks so pretty because the, the core of whatever coverage you put in place is that you are being allotted the, the providers, the best providers for yourself, and that your medications are covered, and that the cost on your medications is, is reasonable. Um, so those are things that are important above and beyond all the extras and additional things that are being promoted. Right, and that's probably why having a good agent on your side, um, or some of the other things that we'll talk about in a minute, other areas and avenues of assistance. It's important to take advantage of those and not try to wade through it on your own if it's not your wheelhouse. Um, well, and think about all, you know, it's, I started something a couple of years ago with people that are turning 65 when I go out and I do an educational presentation to them. I started putting together, um, it's kind of like a, um, I don't want to call it a Medicare um, mail or trash bag, but basically that's what it is. I'll take people a, a brown paper bag and I'll tell them, put all your mailers in this bag. And then when we get back <laughs> together to do your app, you know, to look at what the best plans are for you, we'll, we'll go through it and I'll let you know what is reasonable to keep. Because most of those things you get in the mail, your doctors, if it's a Medicare Advantage plan, your doctors may not even be in the network with. Right. So it's, it's just, you know, it's, it's confusing to say the least. So when you consult with a client, what are the top three things that you look for when you're considering which plan is right for them? Well, primarily who, who is your primary care physician and what, what specialist do you want to continue to see? Mm-hmm. Now this is on a Medicare Advantage plan. Cause remember sure. on a Medicare supplement, it's not network based. Right. Um, lifestyle, you know, uh, 
certain Medicare Advantage plans allot people to travel more across the United States, maybe go visit and stay places where they moved from for several months out of the year and utilize those networks. Um, and then the medications. So mm -hmm. those, but that's, you know, everyone is different. And what right. your neighbor has or what your, you know, family member has doesn't necessarily mean it's a good fit for you. Right. You mentioned travel, and that brings up a question. You know, a lot of us plan in our retirement years to do a lot of traveling. I know I do. And so are there plans that incorporate coverage outside of the United States? Any Medicare Advantage plan um, gives you emergency coverage anywhere in the world, urgent care or emergency coverage anywhere in the world. Oh, that's um, good to know. Yes. Uh, Medicare supplements... Um, will have a little more of a uh, more of a benefit coverage to travel outside the U.S. Okay, so now I want to talk about available resources that people can use to dig in a little bit deeper. So why don't you go first and tell me the best places you believe people can go to get additional assistance and information about this? Um. Medicare itself, uh, for example, they usually send out a book every year called Medicare and You. Um, it has a lot of information in it. it. It can be confusing because it covers a lot of scenarios, um, but it is chocked full of information. Uh, Medicare.gov um, online. Uh, people can actually go in as a general public. You can put in your zip code and you can actually run plan comparisons or look up um, estimates on your drug cost, they can do that individually on their own or even, even just calling Medicare, 1-800-MEDICARE, and getting someone that can help you. Um, but I also did put down the elder helpline, mm -hmm. uh, which would refer people to SHINE in our area. I know it's called different things in different states, but in our state it's called SHINE. And they're a good unbiased um, resource um, to educate that's a great one, and that's the one that I was going to mention also specifically. That is, um, nationally, that program is referred to as SHIP with a P. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we, we watched a presentation the other day, and, and the person doing the presenting kept saying SHIP with a P because um, <laughs> she, she is often misunderstood about what she's saying <laughs> and even said that Ohio's plan name is OSHIP, which is <laughs> hilarious. So it is. There it you is. go. There's your giggle in the middle of a Medicare discussion. <laughs> but um, SHIP stands for um, State Health Insurance Assistance Program. And it is really, really a great idea. These are volunteers who will meet with you here in Florida anyway. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not sure how it works in every state, yeah. but every state program is there to find the program closest to you you're going to go to eldercare.acl.gov when you get there you'll see a place to put your zip code in and once you put your zip code in you can find the referral to your local ship office and i would highly encourage people who don't have an agent that they're working with um, for whatever reason if you haven't found the agent that you're happy with um, definitely go and explore this because people will sit down with you and help you to get to the plan that best suits your needs. Um, so all of that to say, don't try to go it alone. 
unless this is your wheelhouse. If you've been in insurance all your life, then I'm sure you can figure out exactly what you need to do and exactly which plan is right for you. Um, but I think a lot of times we get embarrassed about what we don't know and we try to do things on our own or just jump at the very first thing that we see. And I don't know that that's the best course of action to take here. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> well, good. Well, Karen, thank you for enlightening us today. There's so much to learn. And I hope that we haven't confused all of you. All of the things that we mentioned and websites to go to will be listed in the show notes um, and in the comments below, wherever you are looking at this. Um, so I hope that you'll take advantage of those resources. I hope that you'll just save this episode and replay it if you need to, to go over the basics. Because when you go to work with an agent, the more educated you are on the front end, understanding the basics, the more time your agent will have to spend with you to really dig in and see which is the best True. appropriate plan for you. So before we leave, and this can be related to Medicare or life or anything you want, how about a little piece of sage advice for our listeners? Well, I, I kind of wanted to just segue into the fact of knowing who is representing you. And, you know, you hear the term fiduciary in the financial world, but as a, as a licensed agent, we should be working as fiduciaries for our clients. We, we need to have their best interest in heart in mind, um, regardless. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and, you know, it's not uncommon. I've met with people before that are not my clients and, and I help to clarify things for them or even check on their plans and just to tell them that they don't need to change. They're good where they're at. And I think sometimes that surprises people. Um, but it's not, you know, first and foremost, People need, you know, they deserve to be put on in the in the best place possible um, because they're the one using that plan. And so I would just say there's a lot of good agents out there, you mm -hmm. know, and um, you just just be uh, mindful of who you're utilizing uh, that to help you. Absolutely. That's great advice. And I would agree with you. There are so many good people out there who are ready and willing to help. And it's a, a crazy time of year for them. So be patient when you're scheduling your appointments, because with open enrollment upon us, um, Medicare agents are going to be very busy indeed until the middle of December. Karen, thank you so much for joining me. Well, thank I you really for having me. It. Oh, my, of course. My first time doing a podcast, so Ooh, well, you did now a I've great got one job. under my belt. <laughs> yes, you do. You'll have to come back. We'll have you back soon. Okay, Liz. Thank you. You bet. And thank all of you for joining us today for the conversation. I hope it was helpful for you. Our aim here at the Sage Aging Podcast is to give you bits of information that can make your caregiving and aging journey better. It's a little bit easier when you know what's happening. So as I always say, know it before you need it. Um, I hope you'll join us on Facebook, Instagram, and any social media platform that you enjoy. We're present in most places. And also, you can find us at eldercareguide.com. We've got so much information available for you on that website, so go take a look. If there's something that isn't there that you'd like to see, let us know. You can always reach out to us via our social media or right there on our website. You can use the contact form. Um, so thanks for joining us. We'll have a new episode for you up in two weeks and we'll talk to you then. Have a great day.